Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 381, Three Tips to Eliminate Your Limitations Once and for All with Sylvia Puentes. We are excited to bring you this topic because it's amazing how many limitations we have. We're not even aware of them most of the time. So we're going to get into it in just a few minutes. But first I want to say hi. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards that she desires and deserves in life and love. What is a woman of value? She's somebody who shows up, stands up, and speaks up. She knows her value. She knows how to set boundaries. She knows how to ask for what she wants, and she knows how to receive it. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is love is your birthright. Often we think, you know, just I I don't deserve love or I came from such a messed up background that I will not have love because it's not in the cards for me. And I want any of you who really think that to understand that it is everyone's birthright to have love, to receive it, to give it. And so if you come up with that that, uh, thought and that limiting belief over and over, please try and change that inner dialogue to love is my birthright, love is my birthright. And so that's my challenge to you this week is change that inner, di- inner dialogue to a positive inner dialogue and um, I can pretty much guarantee you that things will start to shift. Um, before I bring on our guest, Sylvia Puentes, I want to ask if you would like to join my free Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date and it's for women over 40 who are ready to take on a positive look at dating at this stage in life. It is a very, very um, forward-moving group. We don't allow people to just vent and complain about dating, about men. Um, And there are people in relationships um, who are in the group, too. So people who have found relationships as the group started and continued. We're about four years into the group. We have about 3,000 women and we are heavily monitored so that um, everything is, is really just kept in line as opposed to a lot of other singles groups out there that are completely off the rails. Um, so I'm very proud of this group that I created four years ago. Would love to have you join. It's called Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Sylvia Puentes. Um, she is an international speaker and author, and she has a passion for transformational coaching and empowered education. Her career as an educator spans nearly 20 years and has taken her from elementary school classrooms to private coaching and bilingual corporate training. She has developed a range of unique and inspiring workshops and programs, including the Academic and Parent Coaching Program, which has helped youth, parent, and teachers find alternative methods to inspire and rediscover the joy of learning. She's also a certified facilitator for Right Voice Voice for You, a special program by Access Consciousness. Welcome to the show, Sylvia. Thank you so much. (laughs) Happy to be here. (laughs) 
especially during the holidays. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to have a guest who shows up on the day before Christmas. Um, And, uh, you know, we don't have a show scheduled for next week when it's going to be New Year's. But um, I'm really happy to have you on the show and also to talk about limitations. And before we um, get there, I would love to know what, what brought you to this work? Like what, what, what's important about limitations and how we see them? It's so interesting. Um, you know, when you're growing up and kind of even looking at my life, you just kind of grow up and everything seems normal, right? What you see, how your family is and relatives and the world, it all just kind of seems that that's what it is. That's what's true. And I recall a memory, it might have been, I don't know, maybe even four or five, but I remember a quiet moment to myself, which was really rare, growing up in a home of five girls, sitting outside and kind of looking up to the sky. And and the best way I can describe it, it's like I knew there was more. And as a kid, all I could think of was the circus, you know, high, tall people on their stilts. I thought, yeah, I know there's more. Um, (laughs) But I kind of laugh about that, and at the same time, it's like, you know, what do we know as kids that, you know, we're still searching for in a sense today that because of what we see and we think that that's it, that that's our greatest limitation, that we're going by what we see, what people have role models, what pe- other people are choosing, what people are saying. And, you know, I never knew that I was a seeker. Um, and I remember when I came to my first Access Consciousness class, you know, there was all these different questions being asked. And I remember asking the founder, Gary Douglas, going, well, what if your life's okay? Like, in my world, I didn't think I had a problem. I didn't think there was anything to fix. And he, the one question he asked me to continue to ask has transformed my entire life, and that is, how does it get any better than this? Because that actually goes beyond what's in front of you to continually to open the doors to new possibilities, new discoveries. And it has invited me to venture out now around the world, you know, facilitating classes, um, contributing also as a regional event uh, coordinator for the Americas for Access Consciousness now as well. But it's really empowering people to know you do know. There is down, down, I would say, I say down deep because we think it's deeper within us, but there's this sense we do know what's true. We do know what we desire. And we rarely are asking ourselves that question and being willing to be uncomfortable because it might not match what we thought it was and it might not match what other people are asking for. Mm. So. How does it get any better than this? Um, so, you know, it's an interesting question because a lot of people can say, well, shouldn't you be happy with what you have? <laughs> I've heard that that's, a lot. Yes, definitely. Right, that's <laughs> Right, so they say, like in in Hebrew, uh, there's a Jewish term, um, who is who is rich, a person who's happy with what they have. Um, so, so how do we make sense of that? In the sense of, do we always need more and more and more? Like, in what sense do we need more? Well, it's amazing because you know there is, you know, we talk a lot about gratitude, and I I definitely am grateful. I mean, you know, the sun came out today, and you open up the window, and it keeps up a, a space there and I was like I am so grateful I get out of the shower and I'm just like I can actually shout it's like I love hot water <laughs> you know but yeah. there's this sense of being grateful like yes being grateful for what is so and that's being grateful of the good bad and ugly oftentimes we're only waiting for the good to be grateful for 
But it's like, what if we could be grateful for everything because it invites us to continue to choose something else? So it's not dismissing what's so, but I'm like, for me, this new question that I started to play with almost 10 years ago, you know, how does it get any better than this? And what else is possible? Which are two of the, I would say, the first questions that people as they discover active consciousness begin to play with. You know, what else is possible? And I like to add, what else is possible I've never considered? So that takes me out of my limitations, my thoughts, anything I can imagine, you know. It takes me way beyond that. So what, you know, what else is possible here beyond what I've ever considered possible? And then, you know, how does it get any better than this? So, and this is where, like, if we are, especially nowadays, if we're truly going to create a greater planet, I mean, we see so many things going on, um, climate change and multiple things in different countries and all of this stuff. But if we're truly going to create something different, we need to go, ah, my sense is we need to go beyond what we've already concluded and decided is good or bad and a solution to actually create something different. And that we can look at it in relationship, in relationship to our kids, in relationship to our partners, in relationship to friends. Like if something's not working, I mean, what else is possible I've never considered? And the gift of asking that question and not looking for the answer, it's almost a sense of like, all right, universe, you know, and if you believe in God, all right, God, like whatever it is, but it's like, okay, what else is possible here I've never considered? And just give it space and go throughout your day and see what else shows up. But it's almost like the willingness to open up that door to a different possibility. Um, and, and I think one of the things that people challenge themselves the most with or have more difficulty is that we so quickly want to look for an answer. And, and what if it's not finding an answer but allowing yourself to to go through your day and go, okay, what else is possible? And then you might hear something, see something that otherwise, because of your conclusion that, you know, nothing else is going to work, this is it, you've closed all, even the capacity to hear <laughs> or see. Right. That could change with that question, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think so many people also don't think the answer lies within. They look outside themselves for the answers. Right. I, and you know, I just, Sandy, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just saw something on cults, um, uh, like a special on cults on, on Netflix, and it was all about people who just wanted to buy into somebody else's belief system to the point of being unhealthy. Um, and so, yeah, what were you going to say about that? Well, well, that's, I mean, I experienced that. There came a point in my world where it's like, you know, always, and again, I would have never called myself a seeker. And now that I speak about it, it's like, oh, I was always seeking. It was just kind of a subtle way, but it was always a sense that I knew there was more. You know, when mm-hmm. I was teaching um, in the elementary schools, it was that sense of like, okay, well, what else can we do? Like, I just saw that there were things we could do different. And then certain you know, No Child Left Behind came in place, and it became really challenging to create something new and not follow the the structure of that um, program that came out to be implemented at all schools. So, But it was that sense of always knowing there was more. There was something else you said, and it just disappeared. Oh, but yes, I was searching. It seemed like I someone could tell me, you know, whether it was religion, whether it was, 
you know, a class or a book. And it was always just like someone had to tell me. I was looking for that as well. And what was so different for me with Access Consciousness was that, you know, even their tagline is empowering people to know that they know. And it was the first time I was asked, what is it that you know? I was like, I know something? What? That's news <laughs> to me. And and yeah. yet that question started to have me kind of look at, well, what do I know? Yeah. And we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's It's just fascinating and I, I think you know people want you to hand them a formula and a one size fits all and I one of the things that we talk I talked before about my Facebook group is we don't allow people to talk about you know this is the way it is this is what you should do um, I really yeah. frown against that and and also it's like you know like with things like when when should you have sex oh only after 90 days because that's what Steve Harvey said, you know, it's like, um, and what happens if you want it sooner? And what happens if the other person totally loses interest because you've put all these rules in place? You know, are you listening to what you want, what works for you? And people just, it's too hard for most people to even go there because, you know, when you have these limitless possibilities, it can feel really scary. So what, like what happens when people are scared to choose? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was married for 17 years, got a divorce, and then was really single for about six years in the sense that, you know, I would meet people, but it was never this long-term relationship. And and it's funny, I started to discover what I was using to um, avoid actually creating something new, and it was that I was traveling the world. And so, you know, I would hear hear it repeatedly from people like, well, you, Sylvia, you couldn't possibly ever have a relationship because you're never in one place more than a week, and maybe two. And um, I didn't realize, like, you know, I kind of said that, oh, I'm sure there's someone, and I kind of blew it off. And at the same time, um, I started to notice that that was my greatest ammunition, that that's actually from kept, that kept me from the vulnerability to actually ask myself what I desired because it seemed like an impossibility um, and, and it's interesting because you're talking right now about, like, this fear or, like, you know, you're following certain rules. And for me, there's another way that I kind of sense it in my world. If something feels like work, like I'm having to work real hard at it, like it's not fun, then there's something tr- not true there for me. Either I'm not being who I truly am and expressing myself how I am, or they're not, or something's not. But then I started to discover this lightness that started to show up in different places with girlfriends at work and stuff. It's like, oh, is that the energy of me? So I started to play with, like, what is that space? What does it feel like? What am I expressing? What am I doing? Just to notice, when is that? when do I feel the most me? And then as I started to be more aware of that energy, it's like any time I encountered someone and I wasn't being that, it was some lie. I was either pretending to be something or something wasn't. It was, there was something in the space, either with them or myself. But I had a new demand for myself to be me no matter where I was at. Mm. Um, and that, that was something that even showed up at work. You know, I worked for a uh, wine company, and I worked, you know, with, I could easily work with, you know, some of the executives or managers, and then at the same time I was out working with the vineyard workers, 
And one of the things that I noticed, and a lot of people acknowledged, like, my ease to just flow within both groups. And I thought, oh, well, what is, I'm being me, and that doesn't change. And it's not like that since I'm me, and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, I'm going to be me. Not from that energy, but it's like I'm actually going to be with people where I'm honoring myself, honoring them, and also, you know, grateful and willing to hear them as I would a vineyard worker from a manager, no different. And that space is like the new demand I had for me in the world and with all the people in my life. So um, fast forward here six years, um, I met someone. So it was funny. You and I were talking a little before the show started, and I was like, right. yeah, there are <laughs> new adventures to be had now. <laughs> yes. So how how are you making the relationship work with all the travel? Well, it's interesting because the point of view I had and people had and projected, and it's like there's no way you can have a relationship. So first of all, you know, I invite all the listeners. It's like what if you what have you defined a relationship has to be? Mm-hmm. You know, even if you look at like if you're going to have a relationship, how many let's just say how many minutes or how many hours do you have to spend with that person a day? it to qualify as a relationship and you know the sense of you know the distance it's like you know also begin to ask like wow just because they're not in front of me does not mean I'm not in relationship Mm so and I I look at you know and it's so funny because just actually then maybe the day before I met this person someone said like well still get you know you really have a, a big ego it's all about you and I thought wow that's a judgment, okay, good information. <laughs> and it was just like, because their sense was like, you know, wouldn't you change everything to be with someone? And how many of us believe that in order to be in a relationship, you have to let go of something? And hmm. I thought, you know, it actually made me really sad because that is such a, a, I don't know, a big uh, belief that, you know, you have to give something up to make something work. Mm-hmm. And and I remember that day I said, you know what? It's like, okay, like that's their point of view, their belief. Like I'm not going to argue with it. And yet I said, I go, you know what? I know there's someone out there that this would not be a problem. Like they could look beyond it. And literally, I kid you not, the next day I met someone. And it's interesting because when I met him, it was like, you know, even my sister goes, that's definitely not the type of person I thought you'd be with. You know, like it doesn't fit the stereotype of who I would date or who I had dated, which mm-hmm. I think is another limitation we put on ourselves. Like yeah. what do they have to look like? What does it have to be? And, um, and I allowed myself to engage with this person without knowing his last name. So, you know, I wasn't Googling him. I wasn't <laughs> out searching him. I did not know his last name. I did not know what he did for work. And yet there was a space that he was. Um, there was a kindness. There was a curiosity in his world. There was like where you're having these conversations with someone and there's questions, you know, we're both questions and answering on both ends and, and you can go all night kind of sense. And I thought, okay, something's different here. And, um, and you know, from a, yeah, so if you have any questions about that, but it's been this discovery, and now I do know his last name. <laughs> uh-huh. I do know what he does for work, but it's not its not the determining factor. So for how many people does that begin? And not that you can't have this desire like I would, you know, desire someone, you know, 
I don't know, you can have all sorts of things. It's not wrong or bad. But for me, I was asking for someone kind. I was asking for someone that could receive, you know, and someone who was willing to grow. Because I, I do live a different life, and I am doing ongoing work where I'm willing to change all the time. So um, one of the greatest gifts he, he gifted me early on is that he said, you know, I'm not afraid of you, Miss World Traveler. <laughs> because I thought it made me chuckle because he actually spent exactly what I used to keep people away. And so he uh-huh. actually removed that early on. Cool. Um, so lots to unpack here. And I, I think that, um, first of all, you know, asking yourself what is a relationship. And I, I think that um, I have seen relationships work on in so many different ways. I have seen long-distance relationships where the couple lives in two different states, um, you know, four hours apart, a plane apart, and it works. They see each other. They make up, you know, how it's going to work. And so it doesn't have to look a certain way. There are people who live together who don't get along, and so that's, you know, it's not not the close proximity that that makes a relationship. also, dating outside your type is usually what brings you love, because um, as I say, love comes in a surprise package, um, and um, it's what you don't expect. I think that makes it also feel kind of magical and take you by surprise. And he had the elements of kindness, curiosity, a great communicator. That was what connected you, not his job or his last name or where he lived, Um and with the right the right foundation you can you can make relationships work and most of us start yeah. with the wrong foundation right we start with a a weak foundation well it, yes definitely and there's a couple of things you know that you know through access consciousness that i've heard you know there's you know awesome things within a lot of the classes but i started to look at something what we call a winner a loser and a no count and they're just terms that were given to how we search for people in a way. So oftentimes mm-hmm. we're looking for that winner that tends to meet our standard, right? They look this way, they, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know. And I started to notice what my winner type was. And if you start to look at, it's like, what's your winner type like? It's, it's usually the person that, for us women, the man that matches whatever we think it should look like. But it's usually not a very kind man. Mm. It's usually not the one that's going to be caring for you. But somehow we buy that if we're dating them or we end up with them, then we've won. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I started to look at that. I was like, okay, so what else is possible here that I've never considered? And then the no count, he's the one that if you started to date him, he would totally let go of anything in his life that you would become the center and all that in his life. And you're like, um, no, I'm sorry, that's the loser. The loser is the one that if you started to date him, he would let go of everything, and you would be it. And as women, too, and I think a lot of powerful women, that becomes smothering and too much, and you're like, oh, stop, please. <laughs> you know? Yep. So you don't – the winner where they're not that caring, the loser where they totally leave everything and you become everything to them. It's like, And then the no count is the one we usually don't consider. They're the one that's like, oh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. And, he, you know, where he doesn't fit the, the standard you could have of the one that you would date – but he's got the most caring and kindness for you. And it's mm. usually the ones that we dismiss as no count. 
So I actually started to ask. I go, the universe, please show me who are the no counts because I want to get a sense of what that is. Like I hadn't been willing. And I remember the first um, gentleman that I went out among the kindness and the gratitude in his world for me. I'm all, wow, I've been missing out here. I did not know this existed. So Mm -hmm. if there are people out there, you know, for men and women, it's like start asking who are the no counts. And these are the people that are not going to let go of their life. They're still going to create their life and choose what they enjoy. And they're just going to have caring and gratitude for you and enjoy having you be a part of their life. Um, Yeah. Which is so very different. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Um, and I think people people do that that winner type, which is usually the bad boy and the the guy with the yeah. great job, and oh, I won him over, and you know so much of this is programmed into us from a very long time ago um, but um i I want to get back to the 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 limita- like the definition of limitation and um and then you know go back to the topic of today, which is how to three tips to eliminate them so so let's um, just to define limitation. I think you have already, but just to get it clear here. Yeah, well, limitation is anything that you've decided or concluded that keeps you from choosing anything different. Mm. And that's how I look at it. A limitation is anything you've concluded or decided. Because whatever you conclude or decide, it's going to be so. And that's, that keeps you from actually creating anything new or different. Interesting. Okay, so um, it's that set, set mindset, that fixed way yeah. of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, that's, um, you know, and yeah. beginning to question that can actually begin, you know, when we talk about tips, but beginning to question your limitations. And this is like, you know, what do I believe relationship, what do I believe a relationship is? That what, what have I decided a relationship has to be look like, sound like. Because oftentimes those are the limitations we have put in place because that's all we've seen. So when you begin to question them, you begin to crack them open to maybe beginning to go, okay, that might not be true for me actually. Right. So that's, that's one step is to start to question what does a relationship really look like and how can I see it differently? Um, yeah. And so, what is a what's another tip to eliminate the limitations? So the other tip is to begin to look at, at you know these. It's interesting. One of the things that we're often searching for someone to fill a void. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing, when you're willing to go beyond your limitations, it's really it's like, okay, am I willing to be like once you kind of work through all what you thought a relationship should be, and you realize, okay, what is it really that I would enjoy? What are the, say, five elements of a relationship that I would enjoy? And for me, you know, I would mentioned, but it was this caring and this kindness and this level of receiving um, in that, okay, it's like, do I have that for me? So begin mm-hmm. to ask if you actually have that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have the kindness with you? Are you grateful for you? Mm-hmm. And are you willing to receive? Because it's once you have that with you, then having someone else in your world is adding to that. It's not filling the void. Mhm. Yeah. 
you know, we got we got bad messages about people completing us back that back in the day. Right. <laughs> that was a All terrible those wonderful thing. movies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. I had a first session with a client this morning and we were talking about how she how she's experienced men and what she really wants. And so it's back to that question, is that is that who you are for yourself? Um you know, you, know, you want to do we have a do we have a few minutes? Can I share a slight story where I got this awareness of that? Because sure. um, I, 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 again, I was also searching all my life, you know, from my parents giving me the love. And then I had um, I had gone to this yoga festival and had started out by getting a massage. And I remember, like, having my intention into the massage. And, you know, it's like I'd love to receive a message. <laughs> and there I was, you know, and like certain thoughts would come in. I was like, no, not that. What else? What else? And all of a sudden, it's like this whisper of a voice came through, and it was, you are loved. Mm. And then I, I started to like tear up, and I thought, oh, then I got all these energies of people in my life. You are loved. And as I received it, and I received the energies, okay, there's my mother and my father, there's people, friends, and you are loved. And then all of a sudden, there was a switch and it was, you are loved. Uh-huh. And I thought, and then it was almost like everyone I had already seen that supposedly was like, had loved me or, you know, from you are loved had fallen away. And it not like it, not like I wasn't grateful for that, but it didn't matter because I was love. So there's yeah. this sense that we're searching for what we call love. And yet, you know, maybe that's where we sometimes get confused because what is the definition of love? And if we could begin to get sense, it's like what are we and what do we add to the world? What do we add to a relationship? What do we add to our own lives? That I get if we have more of that, then having anyone in or out of our lives, it's not a huge significance. It's just the joy of adding more to our lives. But Mm -hmm. you always have you. So, um, so yeah. I, yeah, so <laughs> just it was a yeah, sense of no, that's a great there. story. Like, <laughs> and you know, and so, it's interesting because so many people um, end up in multiple relationships repeating the same patterns because they don't do this work and they haven't yeah. filled their own void and they're waiting for somebody to do it for them. And so when you do that. Um, and so it's a, that's a great it's a great way to look at it. You know, you are loved. You are loved. And for a lot of people, that's hard to hear. Like you got teary. Oh yes. And and that's the level of receiving. Like you know, we're like, are you actually willing to receive? You know, when you yeah. do have a kind person that's like, hey, what can I do to your help? It's like, how many of us? And it, you know, in, in speaking to the women out there, you know, many of us have become like, I can do it all on my own. I'm I'm very self-sufficient, you know, I, mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And yet, what is it to actually receive simply from a man saying, can I help you with that suitcase? Or, yeah. you know, what can I do to help? Can I turn on your car and warm it up for you? And you're like, it's not required. You You know you can do it. But yet, like we're cutting off actually receiving the kindness and the gift of men. Yes, you know, by, exactly. by it could be emasculating it. to men. Yes. To, you know, um, it's funny how I had this conversation with Rebecca Hulse, who I was speaking with you about recently, yes. uh, I mean, before the show. She's on my other podcast, the Woman of Value podcast, and she was saying how she was at this 
this um, event to access consciousness, and there was a man who was offering her all these things. Can I make you coffee? Can I? He wanted to open the door, the car door, and she was like, no, I got this, I got this, and then she realized that she really needs to start receiving because he said to her, I want to give you these things. And it's hard for so many women. It's like we're so used to saying, I got this. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things we can hear from a man is, I got this, right? So be willing to accept and receive. It's it's an important part of love, um, receiving. Yes, and, and that, that, you know, the willingness, and also for the men, it's like, you know, if you do have strong women in your life, it's like, you know, also, you know, being grateful for the strong women, but even asking, hey, how, what can I do to help? Yeah. And not be attached that it be anything. But even that question, it's like, you know, may begin to open a possibility where they come up with something. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it definitely is um, something that I think maybe more women of us need to practice. It's like, you know, are you willing just to pause <laughs> a bit to receive? And yeah. it's not a wrongness, but, you know, we've taught that we've had to work real hard to, to go throughout the world, and, and maybe if we changed our receiving level, um, it would, um, something new would show up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which would be exciting. Um, <laughs> so we have we have two of the tips to eliminate limitations. Um, did you have a third one? So the first was begin to question what does a relationship look like and sound like? And then uh, ask yourself, what is it that I would enjoy? And you name five elements of a relationship that you would enjoy and ask if you have that for you. Um, What's another tip that you can share? And the other tip is going to be to be in an ongoing question. So with everything that shows up for you, and this is where, you know, it's so interesting because we have these – I would say these, uh, I don't know, beliefs that we bought as true and real, you know, and thoughts that come in and judgments that come in, and to begin to ask, so truth, does this belong to me? Because it's Hmm. it's one of, as thoughts, feelings, and emotions come up, you know, we are so aware of so much. We've picked up so much from family. We pick up so much from friends, and we're ongoing, inundated with TV, all sorts of stuff. But the question alone, truth, does this belong to me, might give you the relief. It, it gives you this space where you kind of take this fresh breath and go, ah, then it's not yours. Then add, okay, what's true for me here? What would I like to create? And this last tip is this ongoing muscle to continue to be into questions. Somehow we think we get to a point where it's all done. You know, you were talking about, you know, the last first date. What if you can be in, in that last first date all the time. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the movie, you know, the 51st date, that sense like every day oh, yeah. is a new day. And what if yeah. every day can be that? And the tool that I get to have that is to be in question of everything that mm-hmm. shows up and then ask, okay, what would I like to create? You have the 10 seconds to create something new every 10 seconds. So what would you like to create in this relationship? What would you like to create today? We do have choice, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how many choices we make during the day, too. I, I once did a, some research on how many, how many choices we make throughout our day. And when you become really conscious that you're choosing, it changes your choices often. 
So even, you know, do I want to eat this or this? Do I want to turn left or right? Do I want to take a walk in this direction or that direction? Um, what You know, those are the simple, simpler decisions. And then we have bigger ones like, is this work lighting me up? Is this yes. part of my work not, not working anymore and why? What can I do to, you know, to have something better, to make it work better? Um, so it's knowing, it's very empowering to know that you're a choice, and I think a lot of people think they are not. Yes. And I just want to acknowledge everyone, whether your your relationship's not working, you're looking to end one or start a new one or maybe even to start a new one with you, like it does take courage, like really acknowledge the courage. You know, we're bombarded with so much of what relationships should be, which a lot of it is fantasy and (laughs) (laughs) make-believe. And yet it's like, you know, it does take courage to begin to ask, what do I know? What would I like? What actually lights me up? Like you said, that lightness of, oh, I enjoy, I'm, you know, in these 10 seconds, I'm, you know, grateful for this person. I'm enjoying me. Like, what else would I like to choose? So acknowledge the courage to, to choose what works for you and to be on the ongoing question, how does it get any better than this? And see what else shows up. Mm. So that's a great tip to end with, um, you know, so, so that people can stay in curiosity and questions and, um, and, and also have self-compassion for the courage it takes to ask these questions to really push the status quo a little bit. Exactly. And I wonder what new things people will show up. Yeah. Like I get that's the adventure of living. It's like, huh, wonder what will show up today. What would I like to ask for? Like, what if every day you could start your day going, wow, what would it be like to, to add more happy people to my life today? And then just notice throughout your day, do more happy people show up? It's like, what if we had the power to actually ask and receive? And you could ask for what you truly desire. And that's the beginning to almost rediscover what's true for you. Because then you get to ask. You know? Pretty awesome. And yeah. Create. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you said before, and then we we do have to come to a close, but you know, this kind of brings me back full circle to uh, the people who told you how to give up something in order to make a relationship work. And I think the way I did, define that is we have to give up having to control every aspect of it. We have to give up um, not changing any aspect of your life. So let's say some habits or, you know, some things that are not as important to you, but never to give up the things that really matter, never to give up your values, the things that matter most to you. And I think there's a difference, you know, it's okay to give up a habit. It's okay to give up what time you go to sleep and to be a little less rigid about that if you can. Right? So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, and, and what if it wasn't giving up? It's like, okay, what what can I be or do different here? Because mm-hmm. I think most people, when, you know, it's like I imagine that five-year-old, you got to give up that candy, your teeth are going to rot. <laughs> He's going to scream and shout. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so it's like, okay. So, you know, because that's, like, if nothing's right or wrong, it's like, what's going to work? Like, where, what, what are you desiring to create? You know, and this is, 
you know, in all relationships, what do you desire to create and what can you be and do different? You know, again, there's a beingness of you being something, a diff, you know, an energy, different energy, the way you're going to respond to things. Or, and it's also, okay, what do you need to do different? So say it's, it is your sleeping, you know, patterns are off. I tend to, I work with a company that's worldwide, so I can easily jump on a meeting at midnight. Yeah, you know, wake up at three, and I'm happy to get up and work. So, you know, I'm not gonna. I am gonna be considerate, and that's you know, when you're being considerate of the other person, you have gratitude for them. You're, you know, hold them in regard. Then you're gonna make maybe choices, but it's gonna be out of your caring for them and consideration, not obligation to let something go. So it's like, oh wait, he's got to be at work up in the morning. You know, I'm gonna actually go to the next room, or I'm gonna go to the living room, or I choose not to yeah. get on the computer. But that's out of the caring and kindness, not out of the obligation and and giving something up. Yeah, that's a good good distinction. Um, obligation, yeah. bad. <laughs> um, be a choice. <laughs> you anyone. know, it's like yeah, it's it's when it, it's a different energy when it comes from obligation. That was one of my biggest shifts as I got divorced. Was I realized how much I had done out of obligation in my life. And that I was done with that, and I wanted to help other people get out of obligation and really start tuning into the choices that they make that light them up, that make them feel like they're feeding their soul rather than draining their souls. Yeah. Yeah. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Did you want to say one more thing? Thank you, Sandy. I just wanted to say thank you for bringing this out into the world because these conversations aren't very easy, you know, to have. Like, you know, I told you I had been single for six years and noticing here towards the end, it's like, oh, I'm actually avoiding this area because it's probably one of the areas that I would say I don't have the greatest, like I have functioned so much or I have been dysfunctional. And so, you know, beginning to go, all right, I'm going to give this a try and see all the things that come up and use the tools myself. Like, what is it that I desire? What would I like to create? So, you bringing on different speakers with this topic, I'm so, so grateful. Um, and there's incredible books by two incredible facilitators in Access Consciousness that started my curiosity if I truly wanted a relationship. And it's called, you know, um, you know, what is this? I can't think of the title. Do you want to really like truth? Do you want a relationship? Oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's by Simone <laughs> Millicent. And um, oh, okay, we've had her on Brendan the show. Watt. She's actually oh, going to be on did. my other show also soon. Yeah, she oh, and, and her partner be, right after they they split, they were both on my mm-hmm. show. Um, yeah, yeah so the relationship the you name. want one. Yeah, relationship. Oh, yeah, relationship you, you want, want one. one. Right. Yeah. And what was so great because I that began the question: Do I want one? And I got like a yes. I'm like, what? It's <laughs> 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 been six years, you know. And I thought, you know, because the other question: If you've been single for a long time, you might not want one. And that's right. okay, too. Like, where is it okay not to want a relationship? And if you do, like, also, you know, begin willing to acknowledge it does require work. Like, you know, you are. And so for me, it's this, all right, what, what am I haven't been willing to look at that I can look at now? And not like mm-hmm. this person's perfect and I'm perfect, but it's like, all right, stuff's going to come up. And, you know, uh, willingness to ongoingly be in the question and what's working and what else can we choose? Yeah. So, yeah. Lots so of great important. tools out there for creating yeah. new relationships. <laughs> totally. And maybe I'll link to that show in the show notes. Um, thank oh, you so much, wonderful. Sylvia. Thank you for being on You're the welcome. show, for, for really 
sharing such wonderful information with our audience on how they can really transform their lives. Really appreciate. Thank you, and happy holidays to everyone. Thank you, you too. And uh, for everybody who's listening, thank you for listening in. And if you love our show, please rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, every, everywhere. And, uh, and happy holidays, and don't forget about your last first date. Join our group, and we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 